0: good morning church you know i while i was sitting there i was contemplating i saw chris jump up and come up just now and i was saying to myself should i try i said but what if i fail but maybe i should try Maybe I could do it. But then on second thought, I said, no. I know I was never a high jumper in school. That's why I always got caught when I did something wrong. But good morning, church. Amen? You know, I was about to say, welcome this morning to FGA. But as we sang that first song, I'm going to say this. Welcome to heaven. Welcome to heaven. Your presence is what? Heaven to me. Is God's presence here this morning? Come on, church. Is God's presence here? Yes. Then aren't we in heaven? Yes. His kingdom has come. Hallelujah. Let's go home already. Hallelujah. Amen. God is a good God. Thank you for those kind words, Pastor Chris, and the prayer. How we need more prayers. How the hearts cry out more. Lord. You know, one of the greatest requests the disciples had was not this, huh? God, show me how to raise the dead. Show me how to lame, to heal the lame. Show me how. None of it they ask. They ask this, Lord, teach me how to pray. Teach me to pray, Lord. I don't know if you know how to pray. I still every day cry, Lord, teach me to pray for my wife, my family, my circumstance. Just teach me, Lord. It's not the words. It's not the articulation. It's not the grammar. Teach me how to pray, Lord. Maybe as a church, prayer should be the foundation for us. Sometimes prayer is not in the length of words. It's not in the articulation of pronunciation. It's just the cry from the deep heart of pain. Amen. Thank you, Chris. It was good to know that there are people praying for us. Amen. We are not alone. Hey, when you sang that song, we are not alone, you stirred something in me. I'm a Liverpool fan. We never walk alone. (laughs) Hallelujah. Sorry, that's a side dish. But is God good? This is a new year, amen? There are people who were waiting to see 2020, but they expired. Yes. I have good friends who never were sick, but he never saw 2020. And you have seen the dawning of a new decade. We are walking into the most exciting And yet frightening decade of our lives. And God has given us that opportunity. And I have made this. I don't believe in New Year resolutions. Because you always break it. I believe in New Year renewing. Just like I renew my vows to my wife. And I renewed whatever God planted in my heart last year. And I said, God, I'm going to renew with a greater intensity. With a greater passion. With a greater heart. I want to serve you. Amen. Amen. God won't pump you up to serve. Let me tell you honestly, don't pray God make me passionate. He said, that's not my duty, that's yours. You pray God, I, me, and the desire of my heart will rise up and catch that passion. Amen. I love the Lord. Amen. I'm very animated. I don't scold you, but I scold myself. And I believe that the church needs to rise up. We need to be a generation or a community that ignites passion, not ignite division. You know, during the fire crisis, it hurt hurt me to hear people saying, God's judgment is on Australia. Poor, innocent people died because of an angry God? No, God never does that. God loves us, amen? But church, this morning, I want to kick it off. Can I get that Bible verse I gave you? Did I give the verse? I like this. You know why? This was the verse that kickstart 2020 for me. I need a touch from God. Amen. Amen. I need God's spirit. Otherwise, this is my 45th year in ministry. My my tires are worn out. My My engine needs overhaul. It's been running for 45 years. Where where can I find a renewal and a revival except the pouring of God's Spirit on me? Amen, church. You believe? Do you want that? Do you want that? For if you cry with your heart, you cry with your mouth, and if it's a desire of the heart, the Bible says God will honor your desire. I believe what Chris shared just now. This church has exciting things out there. You know, most churches have exciting programs, except they have non-exciting members. (laughs) 20% of the church makes things happen. 60% watch what's happening. The other 20% doesn't know what's happening. (laughs) I pray, FGA, every one of you, everyone that's sitting here this morning, Everyone that is a member of this church, everyone that is an adherent, a visitor, you will make something happen for this church. Amen? Your life counts. Your life counts. Because one day I'm going to stand before my maker and give an account of this life, this giftings, this empowerment life. What have I done? I wish I have a long list of paper to talk to God, eh? Not empty-handed, but this morning I want to read this portion. He said, "And afterwards, you know what? Does the, why does it start and afterwards? If you know God's blessings always come after judgment, healing can only come after suffering. If you are not sick, how to heal you? If you are not blind, how to open your eyes?" He said, and afterwards, after all that you've gone through, the trial, the testing, the judgment, the hardship, the pain, the t- and after all, I, I, Yahweh, will pour my spirit on you. How many of you believe God is going to pour spirit on us this morning? And through the year, and through the year. I'm going to take this four words I will pour out my spirit. Five, I count four. One, two, three, four. Depending on which school you went to, huh? Mine, we put all together. Hallelujah. You know, the first thing I want to say is let me pray. Our Father, we stand in your presence, Lord. We stand on the promises of yours. We claim everything we pray, we say, and we are. It's because of your promises to us. You are the promise maker. May we be the promise keepers, Lord, of your word, of your calling, your ministry, and your declaration to this world. Lord, hear the words that we articulate from our hearts. For we need you, Lord. We cry out, we need you. The task is too tough for us, Lord. The assignments are too hard, Lord. We need your spirit, Lord. Come, Holy Ghost, fall upon us. Revive the dead bones, Lord. Revive the weak legs, oh Lord. Lift up the heavy hands, Lord. Open up the mouths that have gone silent, Lord. That the voice of rejoicing can be heard in heaven, Lord. Bless us this morning, Lord. In your most precious name, I pray. I will pour out my spirit. Listen to the sovereignty of God. I. I. Not we. Non-optional. No option. I, in my sovereignness, in my choice, I will pour out my spirit. We are dealing with a personal God who is sovereign. Who doesn't need consensus to do anything? You know, sometimes to run a church is hard. We need consensus. I, I look through the Bible. Is there such a word as consensus? He told David, don't do any census, huh? Sometimes we we want this and then we talk when we can't get we say, Oh, the church is not democratic. Do you know it's democratic? Do you know it's democracy? Some of us are talking words we don't really understand. The Bible doesn't talk about democracy. Theocracy, I, I, listen, I, Yahweh, will build my church. Any democracy in it? Hey, Satan, can you talk to me? Hey, so, no, I will build my church. The sovereignness of God, I. And even in this time, in Joel, God is showing them what has happened. I'm still sovereign. You know, I'm going through with my wife, Cancer. As a pastor, I articulate a lot of things in my heart. Why why, my wife? Why you pick on me, Lord? I've been a good dude, Lord. I got 99.9 on all my studies in Bible school. I didn't copy, but I got good marks. Why, Lord? And the sovereignty of God comes through so clear. I am your God. I am your God. There is nothing that knocks on your door or th- enters your room without I being in the know. He talks of the sovereignty, friend. I think the church, we have lost the respect of the sovereignty of God. It is I. I don't like it, Lord. But it's I who is sovereign. I who ask you to do But I don't like it, Lord. Have you ever said to the Lord, I don't like? When I was called to the drug ministry in the 80s, I told the Lord, "Hey, are you okay? I come from that background. You're sending me back. Why are you setting me up? You don't like me? I was angry. I was planning to become a senior pastor. You know, when you are young and come from Bible school, you think you know everything. Everything my senior pastor did, I can do better. Yes, and then the Lord sent me to the drug ministry. Friend, I tell you, I went through the greatest shivers of my life. And in order to make me move, I was doing fairly well. Fairly well in those days in the 70s. I drive a semi-sports car. And God took away the car. Took away my home. Took away my family. My mother cursed me to serve God. And I said, God, I want to serve you. Why you hurt me? And then I realized, in the hardship that he put me, the joy of serving became so much more beautiful. I don't want drug when. I don't like. I love drug addicts, but I don't want to work with them. Not easy. I want to sit down in the office. Hello, how are you, man? Can I have a coffee? 28 to 30 years. 28 years of my pioneering, my first few years as a young man. 28 years weeping, crying, bleeding. God said, I don't want. But the Lord said, I'm sovereign. I send you. Today, I look back, I can talk testimony. eh? But those days, no testimony. Chinese said, No words to come out. Can't talk. So frightening. I shivered every night with my kids. Druggies. I'm living in a home that anybody can just lose that and knife my whole family to death. My kid was born there. But God is sovereign. He said, I, listen, I have put you there. I will take care of you. I will ensure the sanity and safety of your life. I, I am the great I am. Amen? He's sovereign. Remember, whatever you're going through, God is sovereign. God is sovereign. If you really love, if you really serve God, He is sovereign over your life. I like to do law. I like after saying, I like to talk to Him. He's law. I love, I came from that background. Now after we have good times. But God said, I am sovereign. You serve me. You know, I don't know what you're going through. But I know one thing. The sovereignness of God is over your life. Otherwise you won't be here on the 20th. And this, this decade, God is sovereign. And He's telling the people, He said, I will pour. I don't need to ask you for your approval. I. Secondly, He said, I will you know, today we don't say I will. Maybe, Pastor Chris, maybe I can do. Then I do. I was a pastor, I dislike the word maybe. I want to pull the tongue and cut if you say maybe. Maybe means you don't want to do. Most of the time, maybe means I won't do. But he said, I, you know, the word will speaks of what? A determined intent. It's not just intent, a determined intent. I will. Nothing is going to stop me. No rain, no winter, no hardship, no enemy, nothing will stop me. I will. Even if you're bad, I'm going to pour because I will. Wow. You know, when you have that kind of will, people say you're arrogant. Somebody told me, Pastor Misho, you're very aggressive because I said I teach you English 101. Aggression versus assertiveness. I'm very assertive because I will do. I'm not. You, those who know me, some. I'm a, When I went to the drug ministry, the thing that kept me alive is my desire, intent to do the best. I've been ambushed many times. Look at my face. I got scars on me because I got ambushed in my own work, bleeding, stuck in a drain. But because I will. I was not easily knuckled, not easily stepped on. I will do what? Because my sovereign God told me, you go. We lost that will. We have become soft today as a church. We complain. We whisper, we murmur. Hey, listen, go back to the Old Testament. In a place called Kadesh Barnea, the people whispered, gossip, complained. You know what the Lord said? Enough. On one night, one angel came and 1.5 million souls were silent. You know why? Murmuring is an art of ungratefulness. And I suffered hardship, friend. And I thought maybe my twilight years or what? Rejoicing years. Now my wife got cancer. But you know, God is still sovereign. I will do what? I'll keep doing. I cannot retire. I'm retired from the church, but I cannot retire from ministry. Because in the kingdom of God, no retirement package. The only package, expiration. I don't retire. I still do. I was telling Pastor Chris the other day, I am still passionate as I was when I was 28 years old. I love God. You know why? The will of God has become the will that churns my life, my heart, my mornings, my nights, my days, my weeks. I will. I'm a God that is determined. I'm a God that is not flippant. I'm a God that sets the wind. Sets the day, sets the life, sets the earth and the firmament. I will. Go back in your quiet moment, articulate on this God, what is your will for me? God never says, Go and try. Maybe, maybe. No, no, no. I will. I will. I will send Jesus to die for you. I will. I will give you salvation. I will give you the second coming. I'll give you redemption. I will. Such a determination that God has. And that's the God I love. The world cannot give you promises, friend. Today I hear my kids say, Daddy, five years i got to change a job. I said, why? I said, in my days we don't change jobs. It's an iron rice bowl. He said, Daddy, if you're loyal today, when the restructuring comes, the companies are not loyal to you. Ooh, I said, uh, one thing, my God never does that. Huh? I mean, that's a beautiful God. Economy may be bad. God still open ministry for me. I will. The second word that I want to take is I will. He says, I will pour out. I will pour out. You know, there's a difference between splash out, sprinkle. A little bit hit my head. Most went to Chris, but mine only had one drop. You sprinkle. Well, you give him more mind. He said, I will pour. Pour is a consistent flow. It's of the gen. Listen, when he says, I'll pour out of the generosity of my nature, I'll pour on you. Which means this, friend. Don't compete, don't compare. God pours out more onto some people and less onto the others. The work, listen, the work and the ministry that you are assigned will determine how much of anointing you will need. If you're sitting there as an administrator, I don't know how much anointing you need. <laughs> I work on the front line. I work in the golden triangle. I work drug ministry right in the front. I go out at 11.45 at night. I come back 3 o'clock in the morning. I shiver cold winter. You think, I—I I let me tell you honestly, I have martial art. I did two martial arts when I was a kid. Long before I became a Christian, I thought I was Holy Spirit. But I have martial art. I have a good physique. But I used to go out with fear. at night. Fear. Whether I'll come back and see my wife and kids. I'm going into the hinterland of the drug world, the subculture. I go deep into that subculture. You know how much anointing I cry from God? So God said, in the generosity of my nature, I will pour. I will pour. So as Christians, don't compare. Hey, why he got more blessing? Don't ever say that. Don't ever utter that from your mouth. God says, I am sovereign. I will pour in generosity of their life. If you want more, get closer to God. Hallelujah. If you want more, take dangerous assignments. We need somebody to sweep and cut the grass behind. That's quite a dangerous one. (laughs) Asians don't handle whipper-snipper well, huh? I remember when I came here, one of the guys almost cut my toes with a whipper-snipper. A dangerous guy holding it, huh? To me, that was frontline ministry. But God said, Church, listen, I want to bring you to this picture if you have never seen. God is sitting there with this to Paul. God is longing. God is waiting God is crying in His heart. I want to pour, but where? Who can I pour on? Who can I pour? You know, I got so much pouring until my hair is gone. Halle, like, you wash my hair. You know, joking. <laughs> That's my consolation. Huh? But yeah, you know, God wants to pour, and I believe this is a season God's going to pour on your church. And if all of you are poured and revive and renew and recharge, revitalize, you know what damage we can do to that world out there, we can bring Jesus to that world. Amen. I will pour. God is waiting to pour. God is not sitting down there and just thinking he's going to, no, He will pour. When the time and the right person is there, God will pour. Then he says, "My spirit, or oh, this one is powerful. I'm not going to pour water. I'm not going to pour ice water. I'm not going to pour anything. I am going to pour my what? Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, how I need that spirit. That's where we live in a world and we are fighting with darkness and principality. Oh, how we need that spirit of God. Let me tell you, one day I was in a drug field the memory is still clear, and I was—I really got cornered in. Because sometimes I'm a hard head, huh? Sometimes I try to be more gung ho than God, and I got caught in a situation. And God, I cried. When you are facing death, how strong? How many marshals are you know? Death is more frightening, huh? Your kneecap can do the rock and roll, huh? They switch roles; they can switch knees also, huh? And I said I prayed, and you know, someone told me, Pastor me so I saw the spirit of God behind of you." I couldn't see because he's behind. I was hoping for him to be in front. But he's behind. And somehow the people there, but these guys came to a house to kill a druggie and his mother at 2 o'clock in the morning. My wife is there. 2 o'clock in the morning, this druggie runs to my house, pass me, so I need help. What can I do? He said, he didn't tell me about the guns. And all. He said, just come there. When I rock up at the house at 2 o'clock in the morning, before I can even go into the driveway, this dude takes a revolver out from the, from the car Four of them. Here is one of me. Maybe David, like, I can fight with God. But suddenly I couldn't. I, in the sharpness and the alertness, I grabbed his arm and I twisted his finger and I said, Man, don't touch the revolver. I said, You touch it, I break your hand. Then I looked in the car so saw I got three more. I said, Oh, Jesus. How <laughs> can hey, you show me three, not? If you show me, I won't touch him, Lord. <laughs> I won't touch him. Three ugly, muscular, killing eye guys. I said, No. And I, and, I said, and I just talked to the guy. God gave me that wisdom. And I, talked, and I sat down till 4 a.m. with them and helped this drug addict, save his mother from being burned, save his house from being burned. And this guy, the dealer stood up and told the guy, it's because of him. I'm going to let you go, but don't cross my path. You know, when you are in a situation, how oh, the Spirit of God comes upon you. How the Spirit of God intervenes. And God said, I'm going to give you my Spirit. We're going to walk through dangerous times in 2020, friend. You believe me? What we are seeing, the fire is just a foretaste. The world is going through a massive change. Globally, whatever, economically, whatever, ecologically, we are going through the most difficult. Our morals, our values are at the lowest in history. The church is going to face a lot of things. Your faith is going to be tested your values, your morals, your stand. You know, you need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. He said, I'll pour out my spirit. Hallelujah! When I think of this spirit, let's go to Acts chapter 2. In Listen, in Joel, 800 years away, eh? 800, Joel prophesies that this is going to happen. God is going to pour out his spirit. Joel happened in 830 BC. Two thousand years later, in Acts chapter two, what happened? The spirit of the Lord is what poured out, poured out on the day of Pentecost. Let me tell you: don't wait for a new year to ask God. Every day to God is a new year. You mean some people must wait for Valentine's Day to tell I love you? Hey, don't waste your time. You tell me every day you love me. It's okay. Why must wait for Valentine's Day? Then the roast becomes so expensive. <laughs> then the coffee is so expensive. What kind of love? So you're trying to show me that because it's expensive, I love you? I don't buy that. Do you tell your mom I love you only on Valentine's Day? Eh? Oh, how I miss my mom and dad. My dad was my hero. Six feet seven, 256 pounds. One hunk of a German. A Bavarian German. How I miss my dad. I would every day say, my dad would every day hug us and say, I love you. God's Spirit can be poured out every day. If you sit in your home, you sit in your room, you sit in the quiet place, you cry out. God's Spirit will walk in. You know, friend, three, I think four years ago, I had a knee, and for two years, I bared the pain. Mornings I walked this way to church. I couldn't even stand up. The knee was rubbing the bone. Have you tried that? Try up rub bone. Try do the bone jive. And the doctor drew. He drew. The surgeon drew. And he said, I'm going to take off your kneecap. And my wife said, don't. Now the surgeon said, yes, she said, don't. Yours truly bear the pain. And one morning, 5 o'clock. One morning, 5 o'clock. I've been praying for this. One morning, 5 o'clock, I went to my office and the Lord said, put your leg up. I said, Lord, are you okay? My leg is pain. No, he said, put up. I put up and I prayed until today. Until today, church. Until today. This is my knee. I've gone back to the surgeon. He said, what did you do? I said, I prayed. And he told me, this, don't be funny. I said, listen. <laughs> listen, he told me. He said, Reverend said, don't be funny. I said, I ain't funny. I prayed. You are funny. He said, don't be funny. I have never gone back. Till today, I can play soccer. I was marked two years. They drew, they drew the marking to take your kneecap out. But I'm very frightened of operation. One thing I'm frightened in all my life is a needle. I may be big. When I go for my medical, the doctor said, look that side. Please, don't punch me. Look that side. But you know, friend, my knee, my wife is a widow my church. You go to any of my church and you're the knee, two years. You know, God, you know, I tell you, friend, I want you to know. God's spirit has the components to heal, to revive, to renew, to tear down, to break down, to build up. Oh, that's what I want. I want that. That's why in the, in the book of Acts, there's a guy, Simon. Remember, he saw the power. He said, can I buy the Holy Spirit? Eh? We don't buy. But this morning, I want to share with you. Just, just the introduction. Eh? I want to share with you three things. Do you want the Spirit to touch your life? Are you hungry for the Spirit? Are you thirsty? Don't just want to know because of knowledge. God's miracles and work is not for knowledge. It's for transformation. Not information. But if you want, there are three things I want to show you. Number one, would you set your heart in the momentum of desire? I want. You know what the psalmist says in thirty seven four? Delight in the Lord and I will grant you the desire of your heart. If you're looking for a girlfriend or boyfriend, I don't know. I'm not talking about that. Eh? But God is looking for desirous hearts and servants and people of God that He can possibly his spirit you know why the spirit of God is not about showing off how powerful you are the spirit of God coming upon you is to enable you to bring the good news to the lost we prayed for that we sang that song the love of God be the foundation that you can reach people around that God wants to bring you can pray for church growth let me tell you I've been in church you can pray for church growth until you drop dead but if God doesn't pour his spirit nothing's going to grow Nothing. But if you're in this desirous heart, longing, and you're in in that momentum of desire and praying, the Spirit of God will come. And the breakthrough, break forth, break out, whatever you call it, is your heart desire. I know as a church you are desiring. Don't talk about church growth, friend. Never ever park your heart on that. God is not interested in church growth. You know why? If he wants to to grow the church, he sits in heaven and says, grow, 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 all grown. God wants us to touch lives. You know, I have a bad habit or good habit wherever I go and eat or drink coffee, I must ask the person, are you a Christian? And some people get nervous. So please don't ask that question. It's very offensive. I I didn't tell them to be a Christian. I'm just asking him, are you a Christian? And one day, I accidentally asked the guy, do you go to church? He said, no. I said, why? He said, I'm not a Christian. I said, why are you not a Christian? He said, I'm not a Christian. You know that sometimes my own law ways come back, not talking by interrogating. huh? And he said, no. I said, then I asked him, I said, do you like to go to church? He said, but I got no car. I said, dead guy." I told him, I got a car. You want to go to church? He yes. said, He said, you sure? I said, I'm as sure as tomorrow, bro. And I went, the next day, I pick him up and brought to church. I do silly things, you know. But you know, to the world, I'm a fool. Amen? But to the kingdom of God, I'm a worthy part of it. Do you desire? Friend, what is in your heart? What do you desire? Your ministry to grow this year. You want to see families touch. I'm doing family ministry. I'm doing kids. My kids are going through difficulty. The school. What is the desire? Cry out to God. And ask God, pour your spirit on this, Lord. For kids' ministry, how much we need good Christian teachers? Rejoice ministry. We need to rejoice, man. Somebody invited me to join what do they call that? Evergreen. He said, First of so you, you want to join Evergreen? I said, I'm always Evergreen. He said, no, no, this is a senior ministry. Then I look at him. I said, Do I look like a senior? He said, Yeah, you qualify. <laughs> I didn't ask him, I qualify. I said, Do I look? He said, Yes, you qualified. But what do you desire? Worship team. Do you want to build a worship that really brings heaven down? Ministers of the gospel, you go youth, youth, young adult. That was my cry. God, make me a real example to the young people. Lord, give me that gift to love them, to understand, to hold them, walk with them, cry with them, pray with them. Just give me that passion, Lord, to love the young adults. I took a church of small, young people and I built a young adult church. All, I'm not, Let me tell you, Chris is more intelligent than me. Intelligence is subjective, huh? But honestly, but you know, I have one thing more than intelligence. I have a passion in my heart. I love, I love. Number two, besides desire, how many of you are determined? A desire is the birth of a dream. The determination is taking that desire, looking at it and doing something about it. Are you determined? When my wife had cancer, I I told her, Lord, Lord, I'll give up ministry to look after her. I mean, that's the least I could do. eh? I'm not a doctor. She looked after me. She was my tent maker all my years in ministry. I've not worked for 40 over years in secular life. One income, we brought three kids up. And I said, Lord, this is maybe my turn. And the Lord said, no, you keep doing ministry. In fact, the Lord opened up more ministry today than when I was in the church. Serious. But you know, I learned something. Determination gives, determination is not just gumption. Determination is a desire driven in you. I want to complete the task. Caleb at 80 said, Lord, give me that mountain. Are you determined? Are you determined to do what God has called you? Don't say next year, today. Don't say when I graduate, today. Don't say when my kids are grown up. I serve God when my kids were born, today. Third, 29, 25, 23. Determination. Together with the leadership, if your determination is there, that you harness one another, nothing can take you down. Amen? If you look at historically, all the successful companies, it's somebody who had a strong desire, driven with a strong determination that they achieve the goals of life. Amen? I'm not a motivational speaker. I wish I could make some money doing that. Huh? But I dislike doing motivational. Because I don't like to just pump people up and let them deflate. I want you to know that God is here this morning. And He's looking at your heart. It's looking deep. The the Spirit of God is going through every aisle and looking at you. Are you determined? Would you die for me? Would you do this task for me? Would you sacrifice for me? Would you give up your career? Would you give your job? Would you give your your family as for me and my household? We have given it to you. The Lord will serve you. Are you determined? Are you determined enough to see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on your family? I'm determined, friend. I'm determined. That's, that keeps me alive, amen? That keeps my spiritual life. God is looking in the days of joy. He warned the people, I'll pull out. But I'm going to raise up a generation that will be people who will be blessed and used by me. Don't allow God to bless you so you can just be a show off, a showpiece. Of no, when God bless you, he's going to squeeze the blessing out of you into somebody's life. God doesn't believe in spiritual obesity. Eh? I lost weight a lot. I made sure I lost weight before I came. No. Some of us are spiritually obese. We are blessed. We are taken care, but we won't lift a finger to bless somebody. But blessing God used my life. I want to reach out. I'm determined. You know, as Chris said, some of you have been blessing to me and my wife during the last year. And I thank you. I will not mention names, but you know how much you've been a blessing to us. Sometimes the little blessing to you may seem insignificant to the recipient, maybe the whole world to that life. But it's to be a blessing. Are you desirous? Are you determined? Lastly, James says this, don't be a hearer. Be a many of us love to hear testimonies. Oh, I was invited one day, Pastor, Meso, just come and share your testimony. And I told the pastor, Hey, hello, I'm not going to tell my story, I'm telling his story. People like to hear your story. Why don't you be your own story? Do something. Use your life. Give your life. Let the Lord use. Let the, do something that you can be a testimony to someone. God is looking for doers. God is looking for doers. One hand would cry out. You know, the Bible says, for the angel the, Lord, the eye of the Lord searches and he couldn't find one. Oh, how sad. How sad. After all he's done for us, the Lord, he can't find one hand to say, Lord, I'll serve you. You know, when I went to ministry, I must tell you, I came from a good family. My dad is Singapore's first civil engineer. I went to school in the 50s and 60s. I got trishaw. One trishaw go to school, one person. Nine brothers, nine trishaw's going to school. Those days you see trishaw and say, what oh, is a good can man, rich man? I went, the day I went to ministry, the day I said yes to the Lord, my mother cursed me. Why? He said, why? Why give up your life, your career to help people? If they want to take drugs, let them die. My mother, who I was the f- number four in my family of 10, my mother loved me. I was the most chubbiest guy. Serious. The day I went, the mother's love I lost. My mother cursed me. My mother cursed me, cursed me. I cried, I wept. I said, Lord, why? Then I remembered, he said, Let go of your family if you want to serve me. Let the dead bury the dead. And I said, Lord, it's hard. I'm a new Christian, Lord. My mother hated my wife. Blame her for causing me to turn. You know, a lot of unnecessary hurts, pains, and words were said. But I cried. I kept to the Lord. I kept to the Lord. I never quarrel. I never cursed my mother. I loved her. I told her, Mom, I could never hate you. Your blood is in me. Your blood is in me. But you know, one thing I learned, that because I kept my heart and I kept doing what God, unknown to me while I was serving God, God was mending my family from behind. The day came and I realized that my mother loved me and she hugged me and she said, I love you. Because I kept focused on what God called me to do, I kept it all my heart. God is looking for doers in this church, friend. If you are one or two, He can change the world doers. You know, but I must, I must throw this in. Huh? Doers have to go through, through three things. Sacrifice, suffering, submission. These three S we don't like. Why must sacrifice? Why must suffer? Why must submit? Nothing good will come out if these three components don't take part in your life. God is going to pour His Spirit to this church. Amen? After all that, He said, I will pour I will pour into your life. You'll rise up. Pentecost will rise up in you. Because you are risen with that Spirit, you will change the world for me. Amen? Don't try to change the world through this. Let the Spirit of God change that world. Amen? Unless your world is changed, you cannot change that world. Amen? Unless you are changed, you cannot change somebody. Teen Challenge Worldwide, founded in 1958 by David Wilkerson, has a motto. This is the motto: "Change life, changes lives." Listen, change life. If you have experienced a change, you can exercise a change. If you never experience a change, you cannot. It's just like this. If you have never been disciple, how are you going to disciple someone? Amen. God will change. God will pour. Hallelujah. Lastly, I want to say this to you, friend. Whatever you're going through, this is the word of God. I will pour my spirit on it. You may be struggling in your walk with God. The spirit of God says, I'll pour my spirit on you. You may be hurting from the loss of some. God says, I'll pour my spirit on you. You say, Lord, I don't think I can. I was told I could never. He says, I'll pour my spirit on you. You say, Lord, my family is going through hardship and I'm going to break up in my life relationship God says I'll pour my spirit on you the pouring out of the spirit is not on selective people it's on all people did he say on those no he said on all people if you desire if you're determined I'll pour my spirit on you hallelujah amen do you want that do you want that pouring Do you you really want that pouring? I want to invite you to come stand with me. I have been crying for that pouring. Come, musician. Come, church. This morning, come join us. Stand in front. This is a new year, a new decade. Commit your life. Commit your ministry. And ask God, God, keep pouring. Keep pouring into my life, my ministry, my family. This whole year, I want to have that pouring, outpouring of God in your life. Hallelujah. Let's rise to our feet, church. Hallelujah if God is leading your heart and if that's the cry of your heart and if that's the passion within the, the, your bones that you want come, come join me in front I'm going to stand here with you I'm going to pray with you I'm going to tell you honestly I cry in my heart daily God poor Lord the hurts, the heaviness of my heart is unbearable Lord the circumstances I'm going through Lord has made me weak Lord but the pouring of your spirit has given me hope, strength Has given me a purpose, Lord Oh, Mashika Mashi Come church Come lead us, come Pastor Roland Come lead us, pray for your people I want to pray over them as you will lead them Hallelujah Hallelujah, church cry out with me Cry out with me, say this Lord, pour your spirit Come on church, let's cry out, pour your spirit Oh Lord, pour Pour Lord, keep pouring Lord Hallelujah Hallelujah, Lord. Pour your spirit, Lord. There are thirsty and hungry lives and souls, oh Lord. Just pour Lord. pour, Lord. Oh, we cry out, pour more of you in us, oh Lord. Just pour your spirit upon our lives. I am weak, but you are strong, Lord. I'm empty, but you will refill me, Lord. Come, church. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, 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 we need more of you. Oh, mashika, rabba sandla, mashikirianna. Oh, Jesus, come, the Chris. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, rabba mashika, rabba Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus. Amen. Can I invite you?